Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. Good evening, folks. You're very welcome along to the Big Red Bench. Roy here with you until 7 p.m. A packed hour of sport coming your way between now and 7 p.m. It has been a fantastic day for Cork with two wins against Waterford. The senior hurlers getting it done down in Walsh Park today to keep their championship hopes alive. And the ladies footballers, what a fantastic win over the Dacia to put their place in the Munster Ladies Football final reaction and analysis to come from both of those games they'll be hearing from Kieran Kingston in just a little bit Shani McGrath is going to analyse Cork's win for us in the hurling and the football German McCarthy talks us through the game and we'll hear from Shane Ronin and the Cork players also to come on the show tonight we're going to hear from uh, Deck Coleman about Cork's so junior academy that's being set up in West Cork and plenty more besides you're listening to the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red Affair Let's go straight into it. Oshin Langan reporting on Cork's win over Waterford. Cork 222, Waterford 119. The Rebels showing the kind of fight and intensity that has been missing for large periods of their campaign so far with a six-point win in Welsh Park that keeps their championship alive. They led by a point at halftime, 112 to 111. Alan Connolly with the goal for the visitors while Mikey Kiley responded for the hosts. Cork started with more purpose in the second half despite being against the breeze with their second goal coming after 51 minutes when Tim O'Mahony, who had replaced Patrick Horgan in the forward line early in the second half, giving it to Harnady, who passed it to Kingston, who flicked it to Connolly, who sent it home. Harnady enjoying a fine game, scoring five from play. From the second goal onwards, Cork never really looked back. And when Austin Gleeson was sent off in the 63rd minute, mission difficult for Waterford became mission impossible. The final score, Cork 222, Waterford 119, Oshin Langan, Welsh Park. I'm going to hear from Kieran Kingston just a bit. Just to wrap up today's other action, Kieran Limerick playing out a thrilling draw this afternoon. 24 points, 121 uh, was how it finished. Uh, Garrett Hegarty sent off for the treaty laid on. Dimit Burns at the last minute free. That means that they shared the spoils, but the results uh, means that Limerick and Clare will meet again in the Munster final. So certainly all to play for from a Cork perspective. Uh, elsewhere today the lineup for the Leinster Senior Football Championship final to be decided today Dublin are going to be in the final uh, they are well in control uh, against Meath uh, not long left to go in that game it's uh, Dublin 126 Meath 14 points and it will be Kildare who they will face in the decider later 121-215 win over West Meath today Derry going to face Donegal in the Ulster Senior Football final that's after the Oakleaf County got past Monaghan 3-12 to 17 points still now face uh, Donegal as I mentioned in that decider in the Premier League and uh, not going too well for Everton at the moment they are a man down they were 2-1 up on Brentford Brentford though scored twice in the space for a couple of minutes to go 3-2 ahead it's all about the bottom of the table uh, there though because uh, Burnley uh, were in action today lost to Tottenham Leeds had a one-all draw with Brighton so that's Leeds out of the relegation zone they have played a game more than Burnley though and uh, Everton 36 points just too clear of Burnley so it's uh, all to play for there but uh, Everton do have a game in hand as well and uh, at the top end of the table plenty of drama today as uh, Manchester City could only draw with West Ham Guy Swindles West Ham 2 Manchester City 2 what a match this this was West Ham grabbing a 2-0 lead in the first half 
Bowen with two brilliant goals on the break to put the Hammers in control, or so we thought. Back came City though at the beginning of the second, Grealish's fabulous volley making it 2-1. Then a free kick from Mares was headed into his own net uh, by Soufal and suddenly City were on top. They then had a chance to win the match when Mares was uh, in charge of a penalty with five minutes to go after VAR decided Dawson had fouled Jesus, but Fabianski saved it. And that just about sums up the fabulous match this was. All this and a final outing for Mark Noble coming on for the far last 15 minutes for West Ham. West Ham 2, Manchester City 2. Still a man City's hands, of course. They're four points clear of Liverpool at the top of the table. Liverpool have uh, played uh, one game less. Liverpool have two games left to play at uh, Manchester City. Uh, just that one remaining game. Manchester City's uh, final game of the season against Aston Villa next uh, Saturday. Liverpool uh, are in action this week. Uh, they have Southampton to come uh, on uh, the uh, 17th. That's uh, Tuesday evening. And then they have to uh, play Wolves at home at Anfield. So it's not impossible it's not uh, uh, it's not impossible I suppose for Liverpool by any stretch of the imagination it is unlikely it looks like uh, Manchester City are going to win the title but as we've seen before anything can happen uh, but uh, it is advantage Manchester City in the title race still despite that two all draw with Wolves today uh, elsewhere today in the uh, Women's FA Cup final a, a huge crowd 49,000 people at Wembley today to watch Chelsea beat uh, Manchester City by three goals to two, the double for Chelsea. Sam, Skirk, uh, Sam Kerr scoring twice, including the winning goal. As I mentioned, 49,000 fans there. That is a record for that fixture. And in rugby, Leinster will face La Rochelle in the final of the Champions Cup. The French side beat Racing uh, 92 points. Uh, 92 <laughs> by 92 points. They beat Racing 92 by 20 points to 13. 92 points would have been some score in a Champions Cup semi final. Uh, the Irish team, uh, reaching the showpiece yesterday, they had a 40 points to 17 win over the holders to lose in Dublin yesterday it was nice of Munster to soften up two lose for Leinster wasn't it really uh, the final taking place in Marseille towards the end of the month alright we are going to talk uh, Gaelic games and uh, plenty of it to get through on the show this evening uh, going back to Cork's win today over Waterford 2.22 to 1.19 was how it finished uh, Oshin Lang we heard from him uh, doing the full time report here he is in conversation with Kieran Kingston Kieran Kingston Cork manager your team needed to come up with a performance today and they certainly did that where did it come from? Well, I mean, I suppose, look, first of all, yeah, to answer your first question, we did we didn't need to come up with performance like that because we're back to the wall today. Um, we were fighting for our lives. Uh, a win today keeps us in the championship, and that's it, really. keeps doesn't do any more than that. Uh, a loss today, and season's over in, 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 in most respects with the game next Sunday to, to come, obviously. But now that we've won, I suppose we're back in the game. Uh, but, look, it doesn't guarantee us anything. We're still propping up the table. We have two pints, and we got to go to um, to Bray next week, uh, away from home again, and that's a really difficult place to go. You worked the ball incredibly well in the second half. What was the message to the guys going out? You led by a point going into that second half, but we're going to be against a very stiff breeze in the second half. Yeah, I mean, I think the key thing in, in, in the second half was using the ball intelligently uh, into the breeze against a serious team and try and retain possession as much as you can. You give away a possession to a team the calibre of war from, they're going to hurt you and punish you really bad. So we tried to retain possession as best we could, uh, walk it through the lines where, where possible and then where not possible, let it in. Uh, and uh, trying to get a balance between both. So I thought, but mostly I think the lads, their, their effort and their, their passion to show.
showed today and the commitment to the cause and for Cork that was exemplary Was there many kind of impassioned speeches during the week blood and thunder stuff or was it all game stuff? No, no we don't go down that road like because that's 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 um, short term stuff like emotion that lasts for a few minutes and then it's gone you know so um, no we, we, we just focused on ourselves as I said all along um, training really well the last couple of weeks but then again it went really well into the Clare game as well and it didn't we didn't tran- transfer to the field but today it did so we're delighted with that is the difference that you put it together for 70 minutes and that you fought for every ball there was questions about your physicality and work rate maybe coming into this game but you answered those where, where, where did you find the solutions or was it just a case of the lads needed a few games and now it's come together yeah I mean look it came together today yeah they did in fairness to them they, 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 I suppose they they were, they were fighting for their lives really fighting for our season and fighting for each other and I thought they did that really well um, and, but look it's, it's, a, it's, it's, um, it's two points it doesn't guarantee us anything more than we suddenly play for it again next week, but that's all it is, you know. So we're, we're happy with, very happy, obviously, because it gives another week lifeline, but that's that's where it's at. Tim O'Mahony came on in the second half, replacing Hoggy in the forward line. It's a move that really worked out well. Yeah, I mean, Tim, Tim can play anywhere. He's played a lot of his hurling up front, and uh, when we, were, we needed to change it up a little bit. Um, we were solid enough at the back at the, backs at the time, and to have the versatility of a player, we can bring him on half-back, and bring him on midfield, and bring him to forward line. It's great to have a player like that. Seamus Harney named it full forward, but he drifted out when he needed to and scored five brilliant points from play yeah Seamus was outstanding today like, and, and really led us when we needed it and he's a brilliant player great seven to cock and he showed it again today and finally it was man on man stuff like it wasn't like he dropped back a sweeper and frustrated Waterford it was just a good shootout that you won does that give you even more confidence do you take even more from it we, we manned up you, you, you give it. You give a, an extra a player to a team like Waterford in, down here they're going to they're going to run at you they're going to kill you and they're going to kill you from inside or outside so we just we couldn't go down that road but um, we just we man up if we're good enough we're good enough we're not that and finally next week against Tip it's Cork Tip old school isn't it yeah that's that's a huge one that's a huge game now for us um, going up to Tipperary any time is massive uh, but it, like, it gives us it's something to play for the Big Red Bench on Cork Shred FM and that is Kieran Kingston there in conversation with Oshin Lang. Going to hear from Liam Cal in a bit, but uh, just after the full time whistle, I caught up a Cork legend, Shawnee McGrath. All right, for more on the game, joined by our good friend Shawnee McGrath. Shawnee, um, that was just what the doctor ordered, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly, Rory. Fantastic. It has totally thrown the month of championship um, up in the air and um, it was a fantastic performance. Brilliant. Particularly in the second half, I suppose, against the wind, they probably didn't take full advantage of a wind that was quite strong down there, actually, but. Really, really wholehearted performance um, with some incredible individual performances thrown in as well. So delighted for Kieran the lads. A brilliant day for Cork Hurling. They kind of set their stall out earlier, I thought, Shawnee, because the, the Waterford lads were trying to kind of intimidate them physically right at the start and the Cork lads weren't having any of it. They were giving as good as they got. Yeah, and, and, and disciplined at the same time. Not too many yellow cards brandished. Um, you know, they were in their faces. Cork, oh, sorry, Waterford were in Cork's faces, but Cork um, responded well. And mainly we're putting the scores on the board, I suppose, but also maybe getting some of the tackles in. Extremely strong work rate from all the players. Um, Shane Kingston worked extremely hard when he came on. I thought the half forward line in particular were really, really good. Connor Lee Han. Um, and Luke Mead. Luke Mead was really, really up for, from, mm-hmm. from the onset. Um, he didn't get on the ball loads of times, but he got a really nice, sharp score. And he just seemed to work really, really hard in that sector, that midfield sector, which is a real dogfight of an area. You see it again last night with, with Dublin and, and Kilkenny. Um, Adrian Mullen has really been a revelation for Kilkenny this year. His work rate has gone way up through the roof. And I thought Luke as well today, you know, allied to, to Gareth Fitzgibbon's form, which was just absolutely electrifying, back to his brilliant best. So throw all that into the mix, uh, discipline, work rate, brilliant skill levels. Um, you throw it all together and you get just a, a brilliant, brilliant car performance that, what, the 222, that's 28, so heading towards the 30 mark, which is probably where you need to be at. 
when he conceding one nineteen. So brilliant performance all round from from defence and attack. Tactically, what did Kieran change from the last two games? I suppose uh, compared to today. I suppose look, they still are doing a bit of the short game, but they definitely went longer, and um, mm. no doubt about it. In the first half, it was Patrick and and Alan Connolly up front for most of it in that full forward line. Almost started one in front of the other, um, and definitely in the second half, then they really really it was an aerial bombardment and. Connolly just, look, he didn't win clean possession loads at times, but he's just so strong. He's got a fantastic first touch. He's clinical. He was fierce and lucky on a ground stroke not to get a hat-trick. But he's been an absolute trump card. And look, we've seen him for the last couple of years on Cork Club hurling, how good he's been doing for mm. the Black Rock. It was only a matter of time before he probably um, got a starting berth. Um, so it was a mix of that, I thought, Rory. They mixed it up. They moved the ball intelligently. They worked extremely hard. Um, they were a bit more direct then when, with, with hitting the full forward line, as I said. But I, I think maybe outside the tactics, Rory, just individually, some fellas really got their own form back. I thought Dallas Fitzgibbon, as I said earlier, was outstanding. Mark Coleman was outstanding. Um, and obviously then, up front, he got man of the match. James Harris, he was absolutely incredible. And I thought Conor Lehan, it was led for Conor too, coming back with a bit of pressure on him after being so after being dropped last year, having such a good campaign with Middleton. You know, that brings its own pressure then when you're brought back into the fold. And I thought he was brilliant and to go over the freeze and Patrick very well so, as well. So when you had four or five Big players playing well. Um, obviously, you know, it, it had a huge bearing on us getting over the line. Uh, speaking of Patrick, becoming the Championship's all-time leading scorer today, Nick, what can you say about Patrick Horgan that hasn't already been said, I suppose? Yeah, it's a fantastic achievement. Um, you know, I think he only needed the first point, but he got that free early. It put him ahead. So, mm. great achievement. Um, and fair play to him. A fantastic achievement, is it? Exactly. A Cork now uh, up to Turles next week to face Tipperary. They'll go up to Turles with a ton of confidence after today's game. Yeah, and you know it could come down yet to scoring difference. Depends on the points tally. Say, um, let's say Clare on four. If Clare get beaten, if Clare Waterford beat Clare next week, if say Clare get beaten today by Limerick, they stay on four. They lose next week, they stay on four. Waterford go to four. Cork beat Tipperary next week, they go to four. And then because you don't have a head-to-head and you three and there it goes on scoring aggregate. And, you know, I was talking about that like, another round today and even the goals that Cork got, you know, that late goal that Dara Fitz got the last day. I think, yeah, Alan Connolly as well. They got two late goals against Clare. That's six points. That six-point swing could have a huge bearing yet. So, I mean, for a championship that looked like it was, a monster championship that looked like just petering out, I mean, it's huge for us in Cork, but even just for the monster campaign, what it's done, what an absolute tonic. So, um, let's see how the game goes after, you know, between Clare and Limerick and... Um, you know, we know where we stand going into next week's game. And as you said, yeah, just a, an absolute tonic it, for not just the Cork team, but for the Cork supporters as well. I mean, like they're going to be walking on their chest puffed out a little bit more this week, and that's exactly what the Cork supporters needed. They do, Rory, and it was, it was amazing actually, kind of whether it was with work or when you're down the field, the training, or just meeting less on the road. There wasn't much talk about the game, and um, there wasn't, you know, huge clamour for tickets. I think they didn't, mm. you know, but I think the Cork crowd that went, it was decent, it was very decent, it was, it was bigger than I thought it would be. Um, and very, very vocal. But definitely now leading into a huge game against Tipperary, against the old enemy. And listen, you could see from their performance as well in the Gaelic grounds last week, like they're not going to go down. They're not going to be found either, like from one thing. They're going to give it everything. They, they, you know, they're, they're on their home patch next week. You know, they're playing their old enemy as well. So it's going to be a huge, huge game. And um, they don't want to finish on zero points. Their pride is going to be at stake more than anything else. So. Yeah, you're right. It, Cork fans should go up now in huge numbers, give the crowd huge support. And you could hear, like, earlier in the week in some of the comments that Liam Cal made, he was looking for a huge Waterford crowd. I mean, he was obviously worried about the performance today or about the game today, worried that a Cork performance might come. So I think, you know, we owe it to the Cork panel, to Kieran, the lads, to go in huge numbers now and, you know, to give the, the crowd massive support in Turles.
Yeah, we certainly do. Shawnee McGrath, thanks for that. And up the, up the Rebels. <laughs> Thanks, Shawnee. My good luck. As you can tell, me and Shawnee were uh, quite excited on Cork's win today against Waterford. A fantastic performance from the Rebels, and just absolutely brilliant um, in the second half. Particularly, I thought they were fantastic. Uh, it was absolutely fantastic to see. The echoes. Dennis Hurley was down. They're going to hear from him shortly. First, going to hear from uh, Waterford's Liam Cahill. We didn't hurl together as a team. Um, we didn't commit to what we said we'd commit to before we came out, and uh, you know had the advantage there times where we kicked on by four points in one stage and threw at the first half and looked like we were we were going to go about our business properly and, and then just decided to down tools and let, let Cork back into the game so um, we have a lot of work to do now to try and get our heads around this to go to Ennis in, in six, seven days time and in seven days time and, and it's, it's, going to, it's going to take it's going to take a lot of soul searching now and a lot of a lot of honesty to come out here over the next seven days or we'll have a good long summer to think about it. I haven't spoken to him yet, but we'll, we'll go back for, for a, a bit of recovery now. And, uh, you know, I'm really interested to get their views now, you know. Um, a lot of things that, that happened today happened between the lines and it takes, you know, all massive leaders to sort them out, you know. Um, and we just seem to be, we just seem to be, not our communication levels around little aspects that messages that we're trying to get the players on the field didn't seem to be executed and our decisions were poor again you always hear me talking about that under pressure you know delaying the ball around with runs being made inside inside forwards not setting up for puck outs quickly um you know just looking in at a different team really versus the team that that i know is there did cork out work you today and if so why yeah cork did absolutely outworked us today and cork bullied us around the field today you know, that's something we committed to as well, that, that we wouldn't allow any team to bully us. But from the throw-in, we had players, you know, that were introduced to proper Munster Championship hurling. And uh, that's what was going to be here. And, uh, you know, when the, when the questions were really asked around the, the, the court and trust of Championship hurling, we, we, we were more or less looking to the officials and out to the line rather than to what was going on between the lines. You know. When you say Cork bullied you and you couldn't match it, that's not just them being stronger, is it? Is it something more? And can you explain that? Ah, uh, yeah, they dictated with their work rate. They outworked us. They outworked us all over the field, O'Shea, like you know what I mean. And, and when that happens, it's very hard to stem it. You know what I mean. And and um, you know, Cork were good today. Now, give Cork credit. They came here fighting for their lives. And you know, Cork are proud people and proud hurling people. I've always said that. And hats off to Kieran Kingston and his and his backroom team for getting them where they are today and the shape they arrived in in Welsh Park because this is a tough tough grounds to come to and we like making it that way but as tough as we made it today Cork were able to respond to it and, and, and more and uh, you know fair play to them You couldn't get your shooters into it Stephen got scores but mainly from freeze Desi I don't think scored why was that and how frustrating is it? Well it's, 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 it's frustrating obviously um, you know they obviously didn't go out with the intentions of that happening <laughs> um, but it's, again it's down to massive energy work rate communication making right decisions getting your heads up it's, it's a whole array of, of, of a, a lot of aspects that we work at in training that too many of them are missing today and when that happens um, you know results like this happen and we dust ourselves off and go again yeah, that's Liam Cahill there in conversation with Oshin Langan after uh, the defeat to Cork today. Uh, just in the Premier League uh, time, uh, running out for Everton at Goodison Park. Everton 2, Brentford 3 uh, is how it stands. 87 minutes on the clock there. For more on Cork's uh, win today, I spoke to our good pal uh, Dennis Hurley of the Echo just after the final whistle. All right, for more on Cork's win, joined by our good friend Dennis Hurley of the Echo. Dennis, um, that was a much improved Cork performance compared to the last two showings that we saw from the Rebels. Yeah, absolutely, Rory. Um, 
Karen Kingston, as you as you heard there, he was asked, um, you know, what the difference was, and you know, he he kind of couldn't explain. Liam Cahill, um, the Waterford manager, he admitted that, that Cork um, outworked his team, and definitely there was an increase in in work rate from Cork, uh, one to fifteen and subs who came on. You know, I knowing that if you lose her out, can be a real a real powerful tool to to focus the mind, and it, it, I think it definitely helped. Help Cork to have a kind of unity of purpose today, and and thankfully, thankfully it, it helped bring about the win. But mm. like Kieran said, it is only one win, and it's it's effectively the same situation next Sunday in Turles. So it, obviously nobody will be resting on their laurels. Um, Kingston, I suppose, tactically tactically changing up a bit today. Cork looked to, to go a little bit more direct, and it paid a bit, it paid dividends. Yeah, I think the the fact they had the win in the first half definitely. Um, Allowed them to 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 rain rain balls in, and then having Tim O'Mahony on um, as a sub in the second half gave them an option. Um, and I, I doubt that Waterford would have kind of considered that Tim O'Mahony might have been used in that way. So it, it definitely was a a curveball, and it, it was something that 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 uh, that worked. Um, well, the, the tighter confines of Walsh Park meant that Waterford weren't able to cut Cork open as much as they were in the, the league final then either. So. It um it, it was definitely something that that, that benefited Cork, um, you know that that factor, and then just going long and kind of creating more from from the the breaks that, that came from those balls in. Black Rock supporters will be able to tell us all about Alan Colney and like the 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 heroics that he's been doing in green and yellow. But for for Cork, he's showing like his club form has, has transfer transfer transferred over to the inter county scene. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know. Cork, Cork haven't had too many players, you know, with an eye for goal, um, over the last decade or even longer. You know, guys for whom goals are a currency, and I think Allen is definitely one of those. He was unlucky not to get a, a third goal late in the second half, a good save from from the Waterford goalkeeper Sean O'Brien. And like, if you have a player like that, it's just such an asset, knowing that there's a possibility, uh, you know, that that you will get a goal, and like. Obviously, it's a cliche that, that they can change games, but it, it's just, you know, being able to, to have that um, threat is something that, you know, it gives you um, gives you greater comfort and then it gives the opposition something more to worry about as well. Um, and, and thankfully, we're, we're seeing the fruits of it with that and, and, you know, hopefully there'll be more opportunities for that as the, the summer goes on. Uh, and Patrick Horgan becoming the, the championship's all-time leading scorer today. Um, I suppose there's not much more to be said about Patrick Horgan. We all know how good Hoggy is in Cork, but it's an incredible achievement for Patrick Horgan. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like Kieran said, he's done that, you know, as a player who's only uh, got, got to two All-Irelands with Cork, you know, he, he it's not as if he's had long summers every year in which to build that total. Like So it is, it is a... a a great achievement, absolutely. Um, Patrick would have be disappointed to have been brought up early in the second half um, today, but you know, obviously, mm. because Cork won, there'll be another day. And you know, I definitely don't think we've we've seen the last of him. Like Kieran said, what he does and what he has done and what he'll continue to do for Cork. Um, so, I suppose the the bottom line is that you know, Cork have a, a good opportunity now to be tipped next week to progress to the All-Ireland series and hopefully build a bit of momentum from there.
Yeah, and it is Thurless uh, next Sunday at 4 o'clock uh, for that game. Cork going into that game high on confidence and uh, Tipperary certainly no pushover so it's got the, the, the makings uh, of another very good game next Sunday, Dennis. Yeah, and funnily enough, Tip aren't actually fully out of the championship yet. If they were to beat Cork by enough and if Clare then beat Waterford, Tip could theoretically go through in third place. So it, it, it adds some extra spice to the game. Um, for Cork the, the task is simple just just build on this um, make sure this wasn't a one-off get the win hopefully secure um, third place on the table and then look to, to move on to the other Ireland series Super stuff Dennis thanks for joining us today Thanks Rory Cheers yeah, always great to talk to Dennis Hurley of the Echo to get his views on Cork's uh, win over uh, Waterford today. Uh, in the Premier League, it's uh, Everton 2, uh, Brentford 3, into time added on, it's not long left to go there. Everton brought on Salomon Rondon um, for, as a sub, and he got a red card four minutes later. So that's the kind of day Everton were having, if you're wondering. The Big Red Bench. Saturday and Sunday from 6pm. Rory here with you on the bench until 7pm. Really glad you could join us on the show this evening. Um, coming up on the show, we are going to hear from our Deck Home and Cork City FC coach about the establishment of the Junior Academy in West Cork. Also going to hear from Erica O'Shea, um, who's not with the Cork Ladies Footballers this year, is heading for Australia to start an AFLW career. We'll hear from her in a bit. First, though, going to get reaction from Cork's win over Waterford today. A good win for the Rebels this afternoon as they booked their place in the Munster final they defeated Waterford this afternoon on a scoreline of 4-10 to 1-12 at Fraherfield they'll now face Kerry in the Munster final going to get reaction from the Cork players and management going to hear from Jeremy McCarthy who's going to talk us through the game uh, we'll start uh, by hearing from the Cork boss uh, Shane Ronane in conversation with Jer. Uh, delighted to be joined now by the victorious Cork manager following their 4-10-1-12 Munster semi-final victory over Waterford in Fraherfield. Shane Ronan, first of all, congratulations. Um, uh, a good scoreline on the scoreboard, but how happy are you with the overall performance of your team today? I suppose look, there's mixed feelings on it, Joe. I think we, we we had high hopes coming in today. We were in good form, we thought. Um, look, we did a lot of good things out there. We did a lot of things we need to work on as well, I suppose. Um, so I suppose, look, we're in a good position going into the final. You could've, we could have won. We could have won more comprehensively today and we'd be, you know, maybe resting on our laurels going into the Munster final. So look, we've, we have a lot to work on, but we are happy with lots of aspects of today's play. Um, four goals uh, against a team like that in the National League was a different kind of game which you won by three points but the way you took your four goals and the fact that you created a lot more goal scoring chances that's something to build on yeah, look, we've been very happy with our forward play in the last few games in the challenge games, things like that. We're creating lots of goal chances, and we, you know, I think we we took, we got four today. We could add a few more, and I suppose, you know, even look, they were well worked team goals. I think, um, you know, I think the two of them came off wall for kickouts, which we'd be very happy about. And the last goal there, you know, we won a ball down our own defence and worked it all the way up the field, and Scally finished it. And look, I think they were good scores, but I suppose we, you know, we just need to get more. We still need to get more shots off and things like that. So look, we think we only took seven shots from play in the second half, so we'd, we'd be disappointed with that. Um, this is a Waterford team that always gives Cork problems they give a lot of teams a lot of problems because they're always well set up well organised but your defence today how happy were you not alone with the defending but the way you came out with the ball 
yeah look I think we used the ball very well and we got good turnovers and um, I think look we've, we've tried to work on that look there was a couple of lapses I suppose at times and look mm-hmm. in the, the last second there I think you know um, I think he'd actually told uh, Darren it was Darren's kick was the last kick of the game so I think the girls maybe had switched off which look they can't do either but you know they did and uh, I suppose they just need to, to make sure and improve all those things and I think look um, look, we'll tighten up those things for the most of the final hopefully and, and make sure that those, um, those errors don't creep in and just finally on that Kerry and Killarney big day out I mean obviously for the Munster final day itself but good for your team as well to go up against a, team, a Kerry team that did really well against Tipperary in the semi-final it's going to be a good game yeah, look, I think Kerry are on a crystal wave at the moment. The great winning the, in the league final against Armagh, they were very impressive that day. You know, they were big underdogs and they've showed how good they were and they've got lots of good players. And I was at the game, you know, they played against uh, Tip and they were very very comfortable, I thought. And, um, you know, I think they, they're not going to fear us going into Killarney, I suppose. Look, by the time, I suppose, the second half starts, you'll have a big Kerry crowd in there. And, um, you know, I think everyone will be, uh, you know, and even the Limerick crowd will probably be shouting for Kerry as well. Like, so, it, 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 look, it's going to be tough. But, um, look, we're looking forward to it. And I suppose it's it's the second step on the on, on and the Laller this year and that's I suppose that's what we're looking at hopefully we can get over the line look it'd be nice to to win that first Munster Championship in, in, in a few years but it hasn't been the obviously ones with Coven and I think look it's no Munster Championship uh, win is, can be taken lightly so look we know how good they are we know we have a lot of work to do and hopefully we over the next um, look uh, 13 days we can start out a few things that we got wrong today From everybody in the big red bench congratulations Shane and best luck in that final Thanks very much John Alright, for more on Cork's win today over Waterford, joined by the hardest working person in the business, Mr. Ger McCarthy, who's uh, just on the way back from Waterford. Uh, Ger, a uh, uh, deserved Cork win today, I believe. Yeah, very much so, Rory. Uh, four goals, uh, 10 points, and they, a couple of other goal chances that they, they squandered as well, Cork. I think I, we felt that they should be very happy with their performance it's, it's not that long ago in fact it was only back in March when they played Waterford in the National League they only won by three points uh, on that occasion but a much improved performance you could see the six week block of training that's gone in since then since the end of the National League the players have certainly benefited from it and even though Shane Ronan was kind of you know a little bit downbeat afterwards which is natural for a manager he doesn't <laughs> want to get too over the top about it I know that he's, he'll be pleased with the scoring and again the fact that they held Waterford to six scores from open play that's a good day's work but a lot to do I would agree with him before playing Kerry in the Munster final It's got to be morale boosting though I mean like uh, considering the nature of the win heading into that Munster final Yes it is and like uh, many is the day I've been down there on behalf of Red FM in that same fire field and it's not been easy like Cork always get a tough match from Waterford and they did today but I just think Cork's scoring really the full forward line actually Darren O'Sullivan uh, Anya Terry O'Sullivan from Barrow got two goals and Orla Finn who got some absolutely cracking points they were just in full flow and they were winning a lot out of freeze and at the opposite end um, like that the Cork defence wasn't afraid to give away freeze when they had to to prevent Waterford from getting in from a goal and Waterford did get in for a very very late goal from Lauren McGregor right near the end and Cork were very disappointed with that but I think there was some really impressive performances today Roisin Phelan back with Ahada she had a great game Emer Meany at full back um, and then you had the likes of Amaro Cannon uh, at centre back and Ashley Hutchings and Sean Kenny midfield had a really good outing as well and look it's when you, when you look down through the car panel you see the likes of um, obviously the two Camogie players that didn't start after the extra extra time mm-hmm. from the night before uh, Maeve Cahillan and Libby Coppinger but like there's depth to that squad Emer Scally's coming on and scoring a goal Dara Kinry for the school getting a, a good outing at half back as well and then you've Marie Ambrose who didn't do her um, her prospects any harm and she came on or Katie Quirks so a, a lot of depth to that team and they're going to need it as the championship goes on but I, I was impressed enough considering it was the first proper championship day out from Cork and they looked solid all the way through they were never really in any danger once they put the second goal and pulled away they 
there were things that they need to work on and they were you know a bit rusty in areas but like overall um, a good day's a good day's work and never an easy place pardon the cliche to come mm. down to Waterford and get a win but they did that today Shane O'Neill stepping into to big shoes I suppose replacing Eve Fitzgerald do you, do you finally feel like that he's starting to, to stamp his kind of vision on the team at this stage Oh, geez, Shane stamped his authority day one, as you know, Shane, <laughs> like being from the Abbey manager, there was no danger of that. But I know what you're saying, I get your point. Mm. I think today was kind of a big day for him because, like, the National League is the National League, and Cork were handed a horrible draw. They'd Meath and Dublin in their first two matches, um, and they were beaten in both of those, and they had to beat Waterford, and they did that. But I suppose today was the first chance for him after having, and his management team, too. Remember, there's a lot of new people in the management team that have come in um, alongside him, like the Dinian. Right from Clonakilty, Paul Howard from Formoy, Pattering from Nemo. Like they've had a real chance, you know, and a load of time to work um, with with the players, and they've benefited from doing that. Definitely, you could see the difference in the Cork team compared to the National League. And Shane's way of playing is winning. It's it, like he's a winning mentality with Mornabi. Always has. He likes to win. Uh, he likes his teams to play, you know, to their absolute optimum. And like I think there was, a, you could see flashes of what made Mornabi so great. Though has made Mornabi and still makes him so great to this day. A lot of physicality not afraid to go in on the tackle and, you know, move the ball at pace. And they seem to do that really, really well from the opening minutes, which was encouraging. Like, there's still a lot of work to do. I would agree with him on that. But I still think there was a lot more, uh, I, I was a lot more positive after today's game than I have been for some time with Cork. And you can see that he's having an effect on the players. And just his attitude and the way he sets up his teams, like he wants to move the ball fast. He doesn't want to give anything away at the back. And Cork did that in abundance. They know there's, things to work on there are certain aspects that they won't be pleased and remember it's Killarney they're heading to next and, and that certainly won't be easy but I think overall he'd be very pleased I think just to get out of there with a win get the four goals um, and have things to work on I think that's about as much as he can ask for on his first Munster Championship game and it is Kerry to come in the Munster final in Killarney Jura, as you mentioned how tough a game is that going to be for the Rebels? <laughs> That is going to be um, that is going to be a very interesting game, simply because it is in Clarny on Munster Men's Final Day when Kerry will be playing Limerick. So they're anticipating a big crowd coming in for the for the second half of that game. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, look, I, we covered uh, Kerry's win over Tipperary in the Munster Semi Final in Parky Ring, and they were hugely impressive. That day. on the other side of that, Tipperary were missing five or six regular players, including uh, Brisbane Lions' Orla Dwyer. Obviously, she's out in Australian rules. She's just back and she had a shoulder injury. So some of Tipperary's players not being there meant that, you know, Kerry were always expected to win and they did. But they looked really, really good and they moved the ball. They're very like Cork, very strong, very physical. And in a full forward in Erica McGlynn, she's going to give that Cork full back line plenty of issues. But on the plus side, that full back line today was probably the most impressive line for Cork. As I said, rushing field and Emer Mini. And Sarah Leahy too did really well coming out from cornerback the Ahada player um, it'll be intriguing to see how Cork go but I, I know from just even speaking to the players after the, after the game they're looking forward to going out to Clarny they've, they've mentioned the fact that they've missed these kind of experiences over the last couple of years and an opportunity to go it's just disappointing the Cork men's team aren't obviously involved because you'd have a few more Cork supporters there but they know what they're going to get from Kerry they're going to get a real tough challenge um, it's, it's very very similar to Waterford the gap is narrowing in Munster, I think a little bit more every year. Uh, maybe not so much today for Waterford, but Kerry are certainly becoming a serious proposition. Mm. And uh, look, I suppose from Cork's point of view, it's it's going to be tough going away from home, but they certainly have up front, they have the firepower definitely to hurt Kerry. And I think that's really what it's going to come down to. And very finally, Jerry, you spoke to Eric O'Shea in the Women's Sport Podcast around FM this week. We're going to hear a bit of that conversation in just a bit, but a massive opportunity mm. for her to, to head to Australia. And she certainly has all the attributes to make it in the AFLW. She absolutely does, Rory. I think the only surprise with this is not the fact that she's going, but the fact that she's going now. And 
the the reasoning as she she mentions in the actual interview herself look when you get an opportunity like this to go uh, and play professionally even at the age of 19 she just didn't want to turn it down and i think the tipping point for her was probably the fact with her studies in the university of limerick she's going to be able to continue those while she's over there her dad's going to be with her for the first six weeks which i think is hugely yeah. important as well but look she's tailor-made for it she's the one of the fastest fittest players in the country she was cork's best player in the national league this year she's an all-star She's very, very young and she's going to a whole other side of the world, as I said to her, <laughs> and a brand new sport, which you have to kind of remember when she's only 19. I don't even remember 29, let alone 39, Rory. So I, God knows what I was when I was 19. But if I got the opportunity to go to Australia at the age of 19, I think I would have taken it as well. It's a massive blow, massive blow to Cork football. Let's not undersell it. But you'll hear from the interview how excited she is, how determined she is, which people forget. This is a very, very determined individual who missed out on the Cork under-14s and was absolutely broken-hearted and was ready to throw her hat at the whole thing, but came back on her own, on her own back, and got back into an underage inter-county team and has never looked back. She is going to be a star. It may take a bit of time over in Australia, Rory, mm. but Eric O'Shea is going to be a worldwide star. And we're going to hear from America in just a little bit. Ger, for now, thanks very much. Thanks, Will. Talk soon. That was great to hear from Jeremy. We'll hear from Eric O'Shea in just uh, a little bit. Uh, we're going to hear more from the Cork ladies first, but before that, uh, reaction from Goodison Park, where nine-man Everton have slumped another defeat in the Premier League. Shane Pennington. Everton 2, Brentford 3, and Frank Lampard's side missed a chance to secure their safety after a lively encounter here on Merseyside. It all looked good when Richarlison's volley flicked off Calvert-Lewin to give them the lead, but then Jared Bromthwaite was sent off, and that proved to be the turning point. Seamus Coleman's own goal level matters, before Richarlison's penalty put the hosts back in front. But once again, Bradford equalised through Johan Visser, and Rico Henry's header then proved to be the winning goal for Brentford, before Everton finished the game with nine men after Solomon Rondon received his marching orders for a reckless challenge on Rico Henry. On to Thursday, it is now then for Frank Lampard's side in a home game with, crucially, with Crystal Palace, which finished Everton 2, Brentford 3. Right, let's get more from Cork's one over Waterford today during conversation with uh, the Rebels, Kira and Darren O'Sullivan. OK, I'm delighted to be joined here by Mornabi duo Kira and Darren O'Sullivan following Cork's 4-10-1-12 Munster semi-final victory over Waterford and Farrerfield. Kira, if I can start with you, um, it's always a good day when you score four goals. You could have had more. You'd have uh, one shot in particular that uh, forced a fantastic save from the goalkeeper. But how good was it to get a, a full kind of championship intensity game under the legs today? Um, it was great you know we've been looking forward to it for a long time we've been out of the league with a good while so we had six or seven weeks of, of hard training and we've been looking forward to this since then so it's great to finally get out and get a championship match under our belt and yeah scored some well the girls scored some good goals um, and missed plenty as well we did so um, things to learn from but great to get 60 minutes of championship football played um, Waterford are never easy opponents it sounds like a cliche but they really aren't and they've always given Cork tough games but you did really well today I think um, th- the six week block of training that you've been through obviously benefited Yeah um, I suppose I, th- I thought we started well I thought we put massive pressure on their kickouts, you know and we, we turned over a lot of their kickouts when they were against the wind in the first half um, definitely would be disappointed with our finishing like like you said there I missed a goal but I'd say the chance was kind of gone and should have probably put it over the bar at that stage so we do have loads to work on and you know that there are things that we had worked on in training so I suppose 
suppose that's the disappointing aspect of it but um, I think you know we're still happy we won the match and we've a Munster final to look forward to so um, plenty of good stuff but lots to work on as well <laughs> You're very hard yourselves in this team that was a brilliant save to deny and you played really well but thanks very much Kira. Uh Darren O'Sullivan from your point of view um, as I said like not an easy defence to play against they hit hard and they, they get around the forwards but you managed to get through today like for 14 scores and that, that's encouraging yeah, absolutely. Look, I think ourselves and Waterford know each other nearly too well at this stage. So um, the girls know what runs we're going to make. We play college football up along with them. So it is very cagey. Um, I think we were fortunate to get through for four goals today. Um, and look, we've, as Kira said, a lot to work on. Um, a few one-on-one chances missed. Um, but look, it is early. Uh, there's a long, hopefully, long campaign ahead of us. And we're looking forward to a monster final. Yeah, and this is the kind of game that brings you on a hundred, you know, really brings you on a hundredfold from despite all the training going into play the likes of Kerry. This is the kind of game you need. Absolutely. Look, it brought us down to earth a small bit today. We were going very well in our six week training block between the league and championship, nearly maybe a bit too well and we, we nearly thought we were were unbeatable, but today um definitely back down to reality and got a good grounding here today and going into the Kerry game. Um, you took a knock early on in the game but you managed to shake it off but um, like as I said like for yourself just to get through the full 60 minutes big, uh, that's important for you too because you need that when you're going up against this carry defence yeah definitely look um, anytime you're starting in a Cork jersey it's unbelievable and to get the 60 minutes um, I'm very fortunate and any of the girls who got the f- 60 minutes are delighted because we've a seriously strong bench um, and we've the lads put a massive emphasis on our panel this year um, you know 15 players aren't going to win us anything we've the, the 34 35 girls involved and you saw that there the impact off the bench Scal got an unbelievable goal when she came on and the other girls did very well as well I'm looking forward to it finally Munster final down in Killarney against Kerry on Munster final day for the men as well yeah absolutely look and I think with Covid we've missed out on Munster championship now so it feels like we haven't played a Munster final in ages and as it, if we're f- familiar with Watford Kerry is is another story altogether we know each other inside out so loads to look forward to um, some great rivalry Kerry and uh, two weeks now to prepare for that The Big Red Bench on Cork so the family you just heard from Kieran Duran O'Sullivan there in conversation with Ger Moore on that game on the Women's Sport Podcast with Ger on Thursday every Thursday on Cork FM at noon and forever you get your podcast from this week Ger spoke to Australia bound Erica O'Shea uh, confirming that she was uh, departing the Cork setup and is heading down under to start her AFLW career this is uh, part of our conversation with Ger on the most recent episode of the Women's Sport Podcast on the big red bench this week I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by an all-star a Cork senior footballer and an AFLW bound new Australian rules player and that is the one and only Erica O'Shea Erica you're very welcome back to the big red bench Thank you so much sir it's always nice to talk to you so we're very excited for today Yes, it is very nice to talk to you as well, but we're talking in very different circumstances. We're not looking ahead to Cork versus Waterford in the Munster semi-final. Instead, we're talking about your decision uh, to take the jump and the leap and to go to Australia and play in the AFLW as a professional Aussie rules footballer. Now, there's a lot to unpack here, but I suppose, look, the first thing, um, it's a it's a big decision for anybody to make, but you've made the decision. But when... Did you finally, in your own mind, make the decision that this is what you wanted to do? Yeah, I think it was up until the wire, I'd say, about two weeks ago, I'm going to say. I I was so torn between staying with Cork and going out being the youngest AFLW player from Ireland. And I was, it was something I thought I couldn't pass up after thinking about it for so long. 
and I was just devastated to leave Cork. Like it was a really hard decision for me. But I was so lucky that Shane and the girls were so supportive. Like Shane is like uh, he had more of a dad mindset towards it. So he was just really supportive and he was looking out for me and he could meet me helped me as like a person and put the football aside. So I was really lucky I had Shane. I just I sat down with my parents and I was talking to them and we all sat together and it was obviously a tough decision for them too because I'm so young but like it fits in with college and there's so many things that came to mind and we, we talked about everything and I'm doing online college with UL and I'm just going to keep my degree up and I'm going to play professional sports hopefully how are mammy and daddy say, uh, I, I, I don't say that kind of half lightly we do have a bit of a chuckle about it but how are your mother and father with the news because look you, you've been around for your own place like for the last 19 years like, and it's one thing to go off to college but to go off to the other side of the world for your parents it's, it's, it's not a, it, obviously they're delighted for you deep down but they're obviously uh, as any parent they're concerned too yeah I know my parents um, they're both very supportive I'm actually lucky my father is going to come out with me for the first six weeks so he's going to set me down in Australia and make sure I'm like, perfect out there and I'm settled. So I'm really lucky that my dad's able to come out with me so we can enjoy that experience together. And my mom is going to be devastated. She's going to be at home. But she'll be watching and supporting the whole time and she's going to come out and visit as well, hopefully. It's a very tough decision for them to make, though. Like even my mom said this morning, she wakes up in a panic <laughs> thinking I'm going and it's just motherly instinct because I'm the youngest as well in my family. So it just the thought of me going now has shook her as well. But she knows it's gonna be the right decision down the line hopefully and she she's there to support me along the way. So it's tough as her to take, but I think she's happy and after. Um, you don't lack for confidence and you never have, Erica, from any of the conversations we've had and I know how difficult breaking in underage into the underage section of Cork LGFA you nearly walked away from it but you went back and stuck at it and then you became a fantastic player up through the ranks and now you're an all-star at senior level and one of Cork's most consistent players in the National League these past couple of months you're confident you're very very good at what you do but you're also smart enough to realise you're heading over to a brand new sport where you've got to get into the gym where you've got to learn the basics how much of a challenge is that going to be for you? It's going to be a huge challenge, sure. Like, I'm not even going to lie. I know it's going to be difficult. There's going to be nights I'm going to come home and I'll be crying because I'm going to be wrecked, tired, and my family will obviously be back home. But it's something that I want to do and I want to push myself to the limit. And I know, like, I've looked up to all these amazing athletes like Katie Taylor or Daniel Sullivan, and they all have to leave Ireland to become one of the best at their sport. And they know that and they did that and they obviously succeeded. So it's just something that I feel like has to be done if you wanted to excel that bit further. And it's something that I just really want to do. So, yeah, I'm going to give it a go anyway. Give it a go. She certainly will. That is Eric O'Shea in conversation with Jared there in the latest edition of the Women's Sport Podcast on redfm.ie. Uh, download the latest episode now from wherever you get your podcast from to hear that interview in full. And every Thursday, new episode drops at noon. So check back on redfm.ie for that. Uh, before we wrap up, going to hear from uh, Cork City FC. They are launching their new junior academy in West Cork. It's expanding. It's uh, been a fantastic success since it was launched. Uh, last year caters for boys and girls between the ages of 7 to 14 it's going to kick off on Sunday June 5th in O'Donovan Rossa GA Club so fantastic stuff it's being headed up by uh, Cork City FC coach Deck Coleman who I spoke to earlier on uh, about this project
project. All right, Cork City have recently announced the expansion of their Junior Academy into West Cork and uh, the Junior Academy will be led by the head of the Junior Academy, uh, Cork City's coach Declan Coleman, who joins me on the line now. Declan, how are you, sir? Not too bad, Rory. How are you? Good, man. Thanks very much for joining us. Can you tell us, I suppose... Um, how big a deal I suppose the, this West Cork Academy is because there's massive potential for football in West Cork there is it's huge um, like we've, we've a really good following of the club down in West Cork um, and I suppose at the moment they have they have their own like emerging talent and their schoolboys league uh, coaching and training going on alright but um, like this is kind of a, an extra add on to that I suppose yeah. so we're not looking to to interfere with anything that they have going on with their with their emerging talent schoolboys league programs, it's kind of to to give them extra coaching, extra training, and it covers like covers the whole region, and it kind of covers it, children of all abilities. Really, it's not it's not just for the the elite, which you'd find with you know the selection of players that will go to the the other the other trainings that will be on. Like it's it's kind of open to all ages or well all abilities and ages from children born 2007 2014. So, um, boys and girls goalkeeper training. Um, it's kind of just to give more kids more access to to top class coaching and um, good facilities as well. There, and not on Rasa GA club. So, it's on Astro. So, hopefully, we'll be able to to run it more often than not every week. Um, barring you know completely really extreme weather conditions, but mm. you know with the Astro, we can we can operate it in rain, hail, or sun. Mm. I suppose. Um, and yeah, it's, it's like I said, it's for all abilities, um, extra coaching, extra extra attention for, for kids and uh, extra contact hours with football. I'd imagine, Declan, it's, it's taken a lot of work to, to get it to this stage. Yeah, like we had, we have the, we have the one in Musgrave Park running um, since last September or October and it's going really well. Um, we have a lot of kids coming up from West Cork, we have kids coming from North Cork, we have kids coming from outside of Cork as well. Um, and so... With the with the interest in it, we thought we we better look at expanding it a bit and opening it up to other regions to see can we cater for more people. You know, obviously it's a bit of a trek from people coming f- up to the city every week from from down around the the outer parts of West Cork, I suppose. So we're looking to kind of cater for as many people as possible um, without having to give them the burden of, of traveling and, like I said, give them more exposure to good contact hours with the football um, we, we had to look at different venues which would be suitable um, so that took us a bit of time to try and strike up the, the right agreements and arrangements with different people down there we needed to make sure that it wasn't going to step on the toes of the, yeah. the school boys league down in West Cork as well so we needed to make sure that you know we had to wait they, they kind of had a little bit of um, a, a rejig of their season and so we had to make sure that when they when they made the decision on what way their season was going to run, then we could look at getting ours up and our junior academy up and running then so that it wouldn't interfere with their match times, with their training times and things like that. So um, that's why we've gone for the, the time slot of five to six and six to seven. So it's kids born in 2011, 2014 are five to six and then kids born in 2007 to 2010 are 6pm to 7pm so same as what we have in Musgrave Park it's mainly you know so it doesn't interfere with their own club coaching and their own uh, club games and that so um, we had, that was kind of what took the longest amount of time to make sure that we were we were getting it off the ground without interfering with you know the sports that they're or this football that they're playing already the kids down there um, Of course a number of uh 
players from West Cork have played for Cork City Ronan Hurley uh, among them so it's, it's I suppose it's good for uh, young players in West Cork to see that like the likes of Ronan can go from West Cork to, to playing for Cork City Oh definitely and there's there's always been um, a lot of players coming up from West Cork to, to play in the city alright and especially playing with Cork City it's a, it's a big draw for them and if they can see that there's another pathway there you know it's obviously it's not a guarantee but mm. kids go in kids come into the junior academy they get exposure to to good quality coaching um, and you know it just gives them an extra opportunity to kind of showcase their ability and like above all else it gives them a chance to to train more and maybe make new friends and all that and then as time goes on who knows you know we obviously have have it linked in with um, with our own academy then so that you know I'll be in constant communication with Liam Kearney our, our head of academy and we have some coaches involved in our academies as well coaching on the junior academy so you know we get to keep an eye on what's coming through below the ages of our, our actual academy teams and you know they'll get the extra training and they'll get the extra coaching and hopefully we'll have a few people um, come through from that as well that'll make the step into our actual academy and then hopefully down the line make the step up into first team like some some of the players like Ronan you mentioned there yeah and as you mentioned Declan um, the fact that it's in uh, O'Donovan Ross is a fantastic facility and a fantastic uh, place for, for kids to train yeah it's perfect because it's it's fairly I suppose it's fairly central to the West Cork region because it's you know it's probably a similar distance from all all other parts. You yeah. know we were looking at going in around the Clonakilty area, but you still have you know further down into West Cork. Then it's still probably an hour drive to there. Whereas if we came up any closer to the city from Clonakilty, then it's you know you may as well just be driving into the city anyway. So um, we look to kind of go down as as deep into West Cork as we can without going too far away. Then that it's you know cutting off at anyone else. So. Um, it is it is a great facility. It's a great location. Um, the the Astro there is in good condition, um, and they've been great to to deal with so far. Um, in Dundon Rossa, you know they've been very open with um, with us going down and using the facilities there, and they're looking forward to having us there and and getting um, more kids through the gates there as well. Um, you know, I suppose people are always worried that when you mix uh, mix football and GA, there might be a bit of a divide, but. <laughs> They've been great. They've uh, they've been very accommodating, very welcoming to us. So um, we're looking forward to getting that partnership up and running as well. And how do kids sign up for this deck, and how do they go about it? So all the information is on uh, dot forward slash junior academy, um, and you can sign up through there as well. So so you um, you just go onto the website there, onto that link, and you can sign up, um, and you pay a hundred euro registration fee, um, and then. After that, um, so that covers your your sign up. It covers the cost of uh, getting the the kit. Uh, you, so you get training kit. You get uh, Cork City branded Adidas training kit with um, the a quarter zip training top, training t shirt, shorts, and socks. Um, it gives you your first four weeks then as well of um, of registration. And then after that, it's um, it's thirty nine euro every four weeks. So. Um, and that that can go through direct debit then as well. So you you sign up once and then, you know you can. You, we have some some kids now in the city who have um, you know if people are going away on holidays and things like that, you know they can cancel their subscription and then sign up again mm-hmm. um, when they're back. So there's no um, no, there's no strict policy where you come and you can't leave or you can't leave and come back and yeah. all that. So um, it's it's very open door policy there. Um, so yeah, it's all all information is on CorkCityFC.ie forward slash Junior Academy, and that's where you can sign up as well. And, you know, um, any we're actually looking at um, 
trying to uh, expand our coaching pool as well, both for West Cork and for the city in Musgrave Park. So, um, again, if uh, if anyone wants to get in touch with us, they can go onto the website there and they can um, they can use the contact details there to get in touch with us um, to express any interest in getting involved with our coaching or obviously any kids looking to get involved in uh, playing on the junior academy as well. Mm. All our coaches are um, are qualified, so they're, they've gone through at least some aspect of the FA coaching pathway. So we have coaches at their, at their PDP1, PDP2 stage, all the way up to coaches who have UEFA B, UEFA A licence. All our coaches have their safeguarding and guard vetting done as well. So this child welfare, all that is, is covered in that. So... Um, it's really good. It's really good for both kids coming in, getting involved in the sessions with qualified coaches, but also it's a bit of a pathway for coaches coming in who are mm-hmm. looking to get a little bit more experience and um, coaching hours as well. So it's kind of covers both bases there with the coaching and with um, with children getting involved in football as well. Great stuff. Uh, just uh, on the senior team deck, it's uh, been a great season so far for City. Nothing won yet, of course, but you have to be happy with the way things are going. That's brilliant. Yeah, we're going. We're going well. Um, there's always more to do. Obviously, it's very close at the moment at the top. Um, and as you said, there's nothing done done yet at the moment. So um, we're not even we're not even halfway through the season yet. So we'll just keep keep working hard, keep training hard, and uh, hopefully keep getting the results on the pitch. And obviously, the fans have been brilliant as well. Mm-hmm. We're getting great attendances at the cross, and we're actually getting great travelling support as well. So long may that can continue and we keep trying to get the results in the pitch and hopefully come the end of the season we'll have something to celebrate Yeah, the weekend off this week which is probably good just to rest a few tired bodies because it's been a fairly hectic schedule for you over the last couple of weeks yeah especially the last few weeks we've had a lot of uh, Friday Monday matches so um, we have we've been non-stop alright um, but you know there's nothing better than playing games either <laughs> yeah. so you know, on, on one side you're saying yeah it's great to have a break on the other side you're going you know you'd love to just keep going but I'm sure uh, I'm sure the players will be Happy to have had an extra an extra bit of a break there in between games just to just to recuperate a little bit. Excellent stuff. All right, Doug, thanks for joining us on the Big Red Bench today. CCFC.ie forward slash junior academy for more information on the expansion of the Junior Academy to West Cork. Doug Coleman, thanks very much for talking to us. Thanks a million, Rory. Talk soon. Yeah, nice great. Shot to talk to Declan Coleman there at <laughs> well, the launching of the, uh, the Junior Academy in West Cork, uh, which is uh, happening June 5th is the first session there. Some more information, as I mentioned, corkcityfc.ie. Right, that's our show for you tonight. Massive thank you for tuning our way on the bench this evening. If you've missed any of it, our podcast will be online shortly. You can get that on redfm.ie. You can download it from your podcast provider. Just search for Big Red Bench. Uh, we're back next Saturday and Sunday from 6 to 7 p.m. Another big weekend for Cork next week and Cork's going to be back in action as well. So it's a big week uh, for Cork. So plenty to look ahead to for next weekend. Follow us online on social media. Look for at Big Red Bench. Green and Red's up next. Black, Mags Blackburn is up at three hours of the best Irish music between 7 and 10 p.m. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday, folks. I'll talk to you next week. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM.